everyone, and welcome to the Able Voices Podcast. I'm Dr. Rhoda Bernard, Founding Managing Director of the Berkeley Institute for Arts Education and Special Needs, and I am proud to present this podcast featuring disabled artists and arts educators. We are inviting artists with disabilities to be guest hosts for the Able Voices Podcast. The guest host for today's episode is jazz pianist and composer Matt Savage. Matt is on the autism spectrum. He has had a professional career since childhood as a jazz musician, band leader, and composer. He has played with some of the biggest names in jazz, including Chick Corea, the Ellington All-Stars, Shaka Khan, Wynton Marsalis, and many, many more. He has recorded more than a dozen albums. Matt teaches at colleges in Boston and New Hampshire. He gives private piano lessons, and he gives master classes in English and Spanish. I hope you enjoy this episode, hosted by Matt Savage. Hello, and welcome to Able Voices Podcast, Episode 3. My name is Matt Savage. I am a uh, jazz pianist, composer, and educator on the autism spectrum, and um Today I am very excited to interview uh, Mr. Nick Guzman or Guzman or Guzman. Guzman. Guzman's perfect. Excellent. Mr. Nick Guzman, a uh, singer-songwriter, guitarist, keyboardist, uh, plays a whole bunch of instruments actually, also on the autism spectrum. And um, I'd like to start by uh, welcoming you uh, to um, welcoming you to the podcast, and I hope you're doing well. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt. You're very welcome, and uh, thanks for uh, coordinating uh, the time difference, as I see you're uh, on the West Coast. I guess you grew up there, right? Yeah. I was born in Sacramento, and then I'm originally from the Bay Area, but I moved to Los Angeles in 2014 to pursue my career. That's very nice. It's a ways away from from where we are here in Boston, where it is currently snowing a great deal right now. My first question for you, Nick, is... uh, when did you start making music, and uh, did you start with guitar, voice, or something else? I began writing music when I was around 12 on piano. I started recording music on my karaoke machine, and then I moved to Pro Tools, then to GarageBand, and then later to Logic Pro. You've been using these programs for a while. That's very nice. Yeah. And to answer your other question, I started with voice, then piano, and then guitar. The first song that I learned on guitar was Helplessly Hoping, which I was able to play with Stephen Stills in 2011 at an autism event called Autism is Awesomeism. That's a great event name, and that's also a very classic song. Yeah, it's one of my favorite CSN songs. It's Crosby, Stills, and Nash, yeah, one of, uh, one of the great groups. Definitely. All right. Now, uh, how does your autism diagnosis influence the music you make? And do you think it matters at this point? I don't think it matters at all. I just play music that speaks to me. Very nice. And um, yeah, are there any uh, any influences in particular that uh, that are particularly powerful these days? Influences like musicians? Yeah, or just uh, everyday things in your life. Well, I've been going to a lot of concerts um, before the pandemic hit. I was seeing a lot of artists like Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Steve Hackett of Genesis, 
Who else did I see? Cat Stevens, Paul Simon, Blondie, a lot of great artists. Mm-hmm. So many living legends. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. It's always good to see the greats while they're still around. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of uh, these um, these rock legends, um, I wanted to ask, you've done some pretty impressive collaborations with some, some of the greats of rock and pop and folk music. Um, so what are some of your favorite gigs that you remember or uh, studio collaborations? Well, I do remember when you played piano on my original song, Am I Trembling, at 2015's Live the Blues concert when Neil Young was there. That was a great night. I remember being there. It was uh, it was a pretty awe inspiring night. Definitely. Another great concert that I played at was the Live the Blues concert in 2013. That was that was pretty amazing, and all the concerts I played with with Wild Honey are pretty outstanding as well. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Who was at the previous Light Up the Blues concert? I'm actually not sure. There was Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Don Felder of the Eagles, Lucinda Williams, Ryan Adams, and Ricky Lee Jones. That is very star-studded, and uh, yeah, I'm impressed. Um, I remember what an honor it was to be at the 2015 event, um, and um, which was right in the middle of Hollywood at the Pantages Theater. Yeah, but I think your style of music, it really fit in with uh, all of the... Uh, all the other uh, acts that were performing that night. It was really wonderful. <laughs> and, you know, it's, uh, it's creates a lot of fond memories. And um, I think you've played in the studio with some, uh, some, some rock musicians I might know. Yeah, I think. Yeah. We were recording chasing angels, um, which was originally written by John Wicks and Elliot Easton was there. I think I was at Elliot Easton's house and we were recording, um, the lead for chasing angels. I had already recorded the, um, the acoustic guitars and the vocals. And then we added Chris price on background vocals and bass and Sid Strawn background vocals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And I think these guys have been in a lot of bands. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any names I might know. Well, Elliot Easton, he played lead guitar in The Cars. Now, that's a big name. They're a Boston band, actually. Yep. Very nice. Um, So my next question for you is, uh, since you play a lot of instruments and you produce your own music, you're kind of doing it before that really took off uh, in the last two years with uh, all the lockdowns. So, um, So now that everybody's doing it like uh how have the last two years with the rise of home recording treated you so far like um has it been like a net positive for you or um are you kind of doing the same thing you've always done i've been trying to keep myself busy during the pandemic i have been recording music on logic pro i'm self-taught but i look at a lot of youtube videos to help me with my um my my guitar playing my keyboard playing my bass playing my drumming mm-hmm. I've done like about six or seven maybe eight online shows on Facebook live I produce all the music play all the instruments and sing all the vocals and harmonies as a one-man band and then I sing live to the track and then interact with the audience on Facebook live 
That's a lot of fun. So you've come prepared. Yeah, you know, um, sometimes it's a little hard for me to uh, make sure everything works in time. But, um, but you know, since I'm also, since I do a lot of solo piano performances and recitals, you know, there's something, there's something important about like just being able to do a show on your own. It helps, uh, helps a lot with um, becoming a well-rounded performer. Well, I've looked at your bio lately, and I'm I'm very impressed with um, how you've collaborated with all these jazz greats. I'm inspired. Thank you so much, Nick. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of uh, my collaboration has been pretty virtual these days, but um, but I've been teaching a lot as well, so um, that's been keeping me really busy. That's cool, Matt. Thank you, Nick. So yeah, we you were talking a bit about your first song, Chasing this first song we want to feature today, Chasing Angels. So what is this song about in particular? The song was actually written by John Wicks. It was a tribute song to his bandmate, um, his bass player, Phil Brown. And he wrote it back as, as far back as 2012. And in live shows, he did it with um, Debbie Peterson of The Bangles. Mm-hmm. And then I started singing with uh, John when we did recent gigs leading up to his um, passing. And then I'm trying to think. So I decided to record the song myself. I decided to sing the, all the vocals and do all the acoustic guitars. And then we added um, some shaker and bass courtesy of Chris Price, who also did background vocals. We also added Sid Strawn vocals, and then we added Elliot Easton on lead guitar. That's impressive. Um, is there a meaning to the song that inspired you? Well, the song is about, you know, losing someone that that you care for a lot, that you love. And this is a tribute song to the people that that we lose, but we'll always remember. It's a beautiful statement. Um, so, um, so let's play this, uh, play this excerpt from Chasing Angels by John Wiggs as performed by Nick Guzman. So uh, here we, here we go. As we softly whisper goodbye, chasing angels, do you see the tears that we cry? Welcome back to the Able Voices podcast, episode three. My name is Matt Savage, and uh, we're interviewing Nick Guzman, singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. And that was a uh, tune called Chasing Angels, uh, originally written by John Wicks. And um, 
By the way, John Wicks was the lead singer and rhythm guitarist for a power pop band called The Records. The Wreckers or The Records? The Records. Ah, very nice. The Records were known for their hit Starry Eyes. Starry Eyes, <laughs> that's a nice name. Yeah, you should check it out. It's real cool. Definitely, I should. So my next question is, has singing always been a part of who you are? Yes, most definitely. I'll always play music and sing. No matter if I do it for a living or not. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's a little hard finding gigs uh, sometimes, but, um, but you know, it's like sometimes it's just the most central part of who we are. And uh, when did you start singing again? Well, I started singing when I was like three. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a lot of artists like Tracy Chapman, Neil Young, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Paul Simon, Bonnie Raitt, The Beatles, James Taylor, mm-hmm. a lot of great artists. Absolutely. So uh, I heard that you just played a uh, live gig recently uh, over on the West Coast. How does it feel to return to live performance again? Well, the pandemic hasn't done much for my social skills, but I did my best. It felt great to see everyone, but... um Honestly, it made me feel a little nervous. Mm-hmm. I was a little concerned about getting too close to the mic, being around people, or even having conversations with my mask on. But it all worked out, and I can't wait to do it again. That's so great. I'm uh, I'm glad you're excited to perform again. I know, um, yeah, it's like just being in front of a room of people feels so surreal after uh, a year or two. I mean, I did a few outdoor gigs, and mass club dates over the last two years but still like um it's uh only now just starting to feel like we're returning to form yeah all right um so i also wanted to ask uh do you have any big projects coming up i'm still working on my ep it's not really a secret but i don't have a release date yet but i'd like to finish it by this summer Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, um, as uh, like during the summer, you know, people have um, people have a little more time at home and, you know, it's uh, possible to achieve something big, right? Mm hmm. So are your new songs kind of similar to your old songs or um, do they represent a new direction? So how do you describe uh, your newer work, like even the stuff that's already released? Well, the first song, Am I Tremblin', it was pretty much all electric, but um, I've been adding some acoustic um, elements to my later music. There's some songs that I've written lately called um, Oak Cuisine and Pelicans and Seagulls that had a bit more of an acoustic vibe to it. An acoustic vibe to it. That's great. The um... Yeah, and you know, I noticed Am I Trembling, like the one I played with you... Um way back in the day um like that was really like four on the floor power pop as uh we rockers like to call it um but yeah i, I see now you're really diving a little bit more into the uh crosby stills and nash kind of vibe that's influenced you for so many years so how would you describe this uh this new tune Ode cuisine it's kind of like a baroque pop feel with acoustic guitar and bass, 
also provided by Chris Price, and the strings were arranged by Caitlin Wolfberg. She's a talented violinist. Very cool. And uh, would you say this song is actually about haute cuisine or? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. It's about enjoying the finer things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so why don't we play this one uh, for all of you then? Um, it's a uh, newer tune, a couple of years old, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, by Nick Guzman, and it's called Oat Cuisine. So, Matt, what have you been up to lately? Oh, I've been up to a lot of things. You know, um, I have a uh, I have a couple of groups that I currently lead, like the Matt Savage Quartet and the Matt Savage Groove Experiment. So um, I do want to record with both of those bands sometime because um, because I haven't come out with a full-length release since the Matt Savage Groove Experiment's debut uh, long EP, if you will, and that was at the end of 2018. So obviously there's been a bit of a pandemic hiatus since I focus more on teaching, but but now I'm ready to really start performing and touring again. So I'm really excited for that. Nice. Thanks, Nick. And um, yeah, and yeah, you know, I've done uh, done a few things like wedding gigs, uh, well, even, like while the jazz club gigs have struggled to return, but it feels uh, good to be playing more in person again. It really does. It's like something we've been missing. Yeah. Back in the Bay Area, I, I played at a wedding myself. Very nice. Uh, any strange requests? I'm not too sure. <laughs> I can't remember what I played there. No worries. I mean, I was just, uh, we don't have to mention any tunes by name, but sometimes we get some very interesting requests. Um, so, um, so my next question for you is what would you say to any kids who are interested in pursuing music as a career, but overwhelmed by the sensory and social aspects of being a musician? I know a lot of kids on the spectrum have sound sensitivities and I was one of them. I think that maybe having perfect pitch has its pros and cons. When I was young, the sounds of um, fire engines, sirens, crying or screaming little kids and flying insects really made me anxious. But for some reason, when it comes to loud concerts, I had no problem. (laughs) I think it's probably different for everyone. 
I just encourage people to follow their what their passions are because it's who they are. Be who you are. Very well said. You know, um, like there's something about just uh, being able to follow the pitches as they go. Um, that's really soothing and healing, even if it like no matter whether it's um, the quietest adagio or uh, or a full blown rock concert. Yeah, I've been to many rock concerts. Some of them were loud, but, you know, it's worth seeing the act. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, so so I'm really curious about how you got connected with some of these greats. Just, just kind of by happenstance. How I got connected? Yeah, I guess it, it just happens, like, straight out of the blue. I'm asked to play a gig, and then all of a sudden, when there's another person on the bill that I know of... I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. But, Definitely. Um, and it's important that we all make connections in this world. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Absolutely. So um, I wanted to ask, like, uh, how you approach writing music, you know, especially since you play so many instruments. How do I approach writing music? Well, I come up with some ideas, you know, about events that I've been involved in, like like maybe a concert or a place that I've been to that I really love. Like last year I went to Muir Woods and it was amazing there. So I was thinking about writing about that. But I'm also thinking about writing stuff that I've been through with my family, all the anxiety and all the adventures and all the fun times we've had. I'm really not too sure. The music comes first and then the words come. But sometimes it it comes vice versa. The words come first and then the music comes first. I put it all to paper or onto onto my notes, onto my iPhone. And then I just write a bunch of ideas about how the song should how the song should go and how it what the song should be about. And as far as language is concerned, you know, I have to be honest, I I have a hard time uh, trying to get the words out because I'd hate to say the wrong thing. And I just want people to know what I, I just want uh, the song to give a message, to give a true message. Yeah, there's always inspirations, good, bad, and ugly. And uh, sometimes uh, sometimes the music is obviously represents that, and sometimes it doesn't. Also, Nick, what joys and challenges do you find working on writing music with others? I have to say, writing the music is actually easier than writing the words, because, to be honest, I have a hard time coming up with words as far as songwriting is concerned. I usually get help from um, my family and to get to get some ideas about what the song should be about and what where it takes place and how the story goes and the dynamics that it builds up into a chorus. Just basic ideas about how the song structure should be or how it should go. Yeah, you know, we've got to write songs about... uh something substantial you know like not just filler 
And I guess uh, my last question for you today, um, uh, is there anything uh, else that you'd recommend we listen to, like uh, whether your own work or someone else's? Well, you can find my music on Apple Music, CD Baby, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Reverb Nation. Also, some of my favorite artists are Billie Eilish, The Beatles, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, The Beach Boys, Miles Davis, and Ex-Ambassadors, just to name a few. I have very eclectic taste. I can tell you do. (laughs) So uh, thank you again for um, coming... uh... And recording. Um, and uh, once again, this is the Able Voices podcast, episode three. And uh, we'd like, my name is Matt Savage, and um, we'd like to thank our today's interviewee, Nick Guzman, and uh, hope to catch up with you soon. Thank you very much, Matt. You're very welcome, Nick. Able Voices is a production of the Berkeley Institute for Arts, Education, and Special Needs, led by me, Dr. Rhoda Bernard, the founding managing director. It is produced by Daniel Martinez Del Campo. The introduction music is by Kai Levin, and our closing song is by Sebastian Batista. Kai and Sebastian are students in the arts education programs at the Berkeley Institute for Arts, Education, and Special Needs. If you would like to learn more about our work, you can find us online at berkeley.edu slash B-I-A-E-S-N or email us at B-I-A-E-S-N at berkeley, that's L-E-E dot E-D-U.